Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be you know, I know you've probably heard little Johnny jokes before, and they're usually not very good, but uh, <laughs> they're not on a nice basis, but I'm going to use little Johnny because it's just easy to go to. Little Johnny, he wanted to learn how to ride a bicycle, and his dad said he'd train him how to do it. So he set Johnny on the bike, and after some practice, Johnny got a little too confident. He started riding a little bit too fast, and he fell, and he scraped his leg on the concrete, and he really hurt himself. And being in such pain, he channeled his anger towards his dad yelled at dad, and he stormed off to be alone in his pain. Well, later, little Johnny looked out the window, and he saw other kids in the neighborhood. They were having fun on their bicycles. They looked like they were having a really good time, and it made him want to join them. He wanted to to have the fun they were having. But he also saw outside that his dad was still out there waiting by the bicycle, and he was motioning him to come back. So Johnny walked out. And dad said, you fell off, but let's get back on and we'll do this again. So Johnny mounted back up, but this time he mounted up with a proper reverence to that bike. And he rode it the way his dad instructed him. He really started to enjoy it. And so the anger that Johnny had against his dad suddenly turned into happiness because he realized that he had not failed. But Johnny's dad told him, failure's not falling down. It's staying down after you fell. So Johnny's joy was shared by his dad, and it made his dad joyful too. And so here we are in 2 Samuel 6 and 1. The ark brought to Jerusalem. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. Okay, look how joyful they are right here. But this is exactly the opposite kind of mood that the Israelites had back in 1 Samuel 7 when they put the ark in Abinadab's house. They're taking it out now, but when they put it in there, they had been plagued because they had no reverence for the ark of God. They didn't have reverence. They mishandled it. They looked in it. They they touched it because they had no reverence for the ark. They were mishandling it. 
But here in 2 Samuel 6 now, they were celebrating the ark returning. Verse 2, look at that. It says, the ark of God, whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts. What this means is that the actual name that they had for the ark was the same name as of God himself. Why did they do this? Why did they name it that? Because the very presence of God was upon the ark. So here comes the procession of people dancing before the presence of the Lord. Plus, David had just recently defeated the Philistines. I mean, it is party time. Everybody's so excited about everything that's been going on. Again, it's exactly the opposite of how the Israelites regarded the ark in 1 Samuel 7. But somebody made a mistake in how the ark was brought in. Verse 3 says, They put the ark of God on a cart. Friends, that's what the Philistines did. When they sent the ark, they said, get the ark out of here. That's plaguing us. It's hurting us. They wanted the ark gone. So the Philistines, a godless people, put the ark on a cart and sent it off. Why are the Israelites doing this? Could it be there was a lot of Philistine influence upon the Israelites? God wanted his people wholly set apart. They're not supposed to be like everybody else, but they put it on a cart. They did just exactly what the Philistines did, and this isn't going to turn out well. I want to show you in Exodus 25, 14. It says, you shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, that the ark may be carried by them. The Lord wanted the ark carried by people. You don't throw it on a cart. There's a specific way you're supposed to handle things. Oh, don't get so particular, Ray. Hey, have you ever tried to bake a cake? Did you just throw all the ingredients in a bowl, stir it up, put it in a pan, stick it in the oven? It will not produce a cake. (laughs) Do it wrong, and it's not going to work. Well, the Lord had specific ways he wanted the handling of the ark to be done. So David had overlooked why did he overlook the requirements of how to handle the ark? We don't know, but he did. He he messed up. But let's not point our finger at David so much. You know good and well, my friend, we've all done it. We have sinned and we have mishandled our fellowship with the Lord at times. And whenever we do that, it always comes with consequences. You can choose your sins, but you never get to choose the consequences that come in along with it. Okay, you get that choice. That is your free will. I get to choose whatever I want to do. It's my life. I'm going to do what I want, people always say. Fine, go for it. It's your choice. But you never get to choose the consequences that fly in behind it. That's the real clincher on why we need to live repentant lives before the Lord and what His Word says is sin. My friends, what God's Word says is sin is sin. Read it. But you can choose your sin, but you never get to choose the consequences that follow it. And that's what's about to happen to the people here in 2 Samuel 6, verse 6. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. Friends, I know this looks insanely harsh. Well, that's not the God I follow. Well, if it's not, you need to get to know the God of the Bible. That's what we're studying. You need to know who he says he is. It seems harsh that he struck Uzzah, but you have to weigh in the severity of this discipline 
in contrast with the absolute holiness of God. The ark was the ark of the covenant. It was God's own personal presence was upon it. How many of you say, hey, don't intrude my personal space. Get out of my bubble. You're too close. Well, the Lord had a distance between himself and man because Jesus had not come and died to make the way for us to boldly come to him yet. You notice in the Old Testament, there was always a distance. The Lord was up on the mountain. He wanted to give the tablets to Moses. He put clouds and thunder and all kind of fire and crazy stuff going on to keep the people back. Do not come up here because the people were sinful. There had been no way made yet that they could become clean to come into the presence of the Father. The people that died before Jesus, who died righteously, such as Abraham, they got, because they believed in God, they got put in a place called paradise. It doesn't mean they were condemned, but you could not come directly into the presence of the Father yet because Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And so at this point in time, this man, Uzzah, he grabbed with his flesh sinful body the ark of the Lord, and the Lord had to strike him down for it. This was the ark, which was known by God's own name. And something we have to understand about the Lord, I want to take you to 1 John 1 and 5. It says, this is the message which we have heard from him, which is Jesus, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Some people think, you know, the yin and the yang, you you know, there's a little bit of good in all of us and a little bit of bad in all of us. Well, that may be talking about men, but with God, there is no yin, yin, yang, whatever. There is no evil. There is no darkness. There is no sin in the Lord God at all. God is so absolutely pure that he adamantly will not come into contact with corrupted sin. And so Uzzah reached up to grab the ark. Again, another mishandling of the ark. And so the Lord had to maintain that distance with men. He had to strike Uzzah down because of his error, it said. What is error? It is sin. The definition of sin is missing the mark. Uzzah really missed the mark. He tried to touch the ark knowing that it was the very presence of God. He knew the name of that ark, and yet still he tried to grab it. He learned the hard way. This was an error. They were mishandling the ark of God. Don't do that. And so something I want to say here, this in no way whatsoever means that God condemned Uzzah. It doesn't mean he sent him down into the flames for all eternity. What happened was Uzzah reached up to grab the ark and God had to stop him. If Uzzah was a righteous man, if he was a believer, then the Lord picked him up and set him over in paradise. But it does not mean that the Lord condemned him. It doesn't mean the Lord hated him. God got angry because he made an error. What this story is trying to show us and what I'm trying to teach here from this is proper reverence to the Lord. And friends, we got to understand, this is the most banged up, messed up generation that's ever walked the face of the earth. Our reverence to the Lord is nothing what it ought to be. We really need to have reverence to the Lord. It will cause you to fear him. It will cause you to repent. But he made an error, and I don't want you to think that Uzzah was condemned for all eternity, but his action did anger the Lord. It provoked his wrath. God had to maintain his distance from the corruption of man before Jesus could come and atone for the sins of all. But I want you to see in this, though, both God's mercy and his absolute holiness and his firmness all being played out in this story, because he had to deal with Uzzah's error but it does not mean he was condemned for it. Don't draw conclusions too quick about God because of what he did to Uzzah. 
But as it says in verse 8, David got angry at God over this. He got mad. Friend, I got to ask you, have you ever gotten mad at God before? You know, you were you thought you were doing things right and you were really moving along, but then the Lord hit you with some major trial, bam, and everything shut off. And the first thing you do is you get mad at God. You shake your fist at God. God, how could you do this to me? God, everything was my life was great and all of a sudden you took this from me or you took someone from me and all of a sudden you're mad at the Lord for it. You know, it happens to even the best of us because it happened to David here as we see. David learned a lesson, though. Don't get ahead of the Lord. Don't don't go too fast. What happened to your reverence? The Lord did not command David to bring the ark. As a matter of fact, he never told him to put it on a cart. David was so into centralizing. He was so into, okay, get this done, get that done. All right, we got to get this over here. Move Hebron to Jerusalem and centralize the government. Okay, bring the ark. He just, just you know, we, guys, we men, we get into just, you know, this project mode. I got to do this, got to do that. That Sometimes we forget that we, wait a minute, <laughs> are we supposed to do this? Is this? Does this glorify the Lord or not? I want you to remember in the previous uh, chapter, whenever David went out to war, it says he inquired of the Lord. Lord, how do you want me to do this? Lord, how am I supposed to go about this? Should I do this or should I not? He always asked the Lord what to do, but apparently David did not ask the Lord to move the ark. David seems to have shadowed the ark underneath his own plans rather than keeping himself shadowed under the Lord's plans. Ever done that? Yet you could say here that David got a little ahead of himself. He forgot to ask. He forgot to inquire of the Lord. He didn't even implement the proper handling procedures of the ark, but rather he put the ark up on a cart, just like the wicked Philistines had done, and it provoked God's anger. I want you to look next at how David's anger went from anger to fear. 2 Samuel 6 and 9. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Look, guys, see, it's not all doom and gloom. The Lord is good. He has to execute judgment. He has, has to execute discipline. But he also is a blessing God, a loving, good, blessing God. Never forget that. Don't try to paint God as the bad guy. He's not. He's good. We already read. There's no darkness in him at all. But David learned his lesson. Slow down, buddy. Hold your horses. I don't know if it was horses pulling the cart or not, but slow down and put on the brakes. David was so scared here now, though, and this is very good. It's very good to to have a healthy fear. He got so scared that he abandoned his own let's get her done project. You know, us men, boom, 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 knock this out, knock that out, check off that box, do this. He hit the pause button and he set the ark aside. Hey, look, there's Obed-Edom's house, go put it in there. But David would not dare move the ark again until the Lord gave him further instructions. It was probably good for him to put on the brakes here, even though he was mad, it was still wise. Wait a minute, I messed up, stop. You know, guys, whenever I make a serious mistake, the first thing I do, I take my hands off and I'm like, I'm not doing anything until somebody tells me exactly what to do. 
That's how I handle myself. I can relate with David in this. I think he's doing the same thing. It's like, okay, until I get further instruction, I'm not touching him. He's kind of like, forget bringing the ark to Jerusalem right now. Obed-Edom, I need you to keep this for a while. I got to go and and get off to myself. Now, I'm sure that Obed-Edom might have had a moment of pause when he was going to take the ark because he was probably told what happened. Now, I bet Obed-Edom thought, okay, guys, we're going to keep the ark for a while. Do not do anything out of place. We're going to go over the scripture. We're going to go over the law. We're going to read up on how to handle this thing properly. We will have proper reverence to the Lord. I don't want this coming in my house the wrong way. We will adjust ourselves to appease the Lord. And, and friend, that's that's a big main idea of the story here is that God does not change himself to appease us. We change ourselves to appease him. He's the Lord. We're not. Okay. So I'm sure he consulted God's commands to have a proper reverence to God's holiness first before he moved the ark into his house. And the Bible gives us good information on how keeping a proper reverence towards the Lord is the better way to go. Because we are told the same thing didn't turn out for Obed-Edom, did it? It turned out that they were blessed while they kept the ark of the Lord. Friend, if you're mad at God and you think he's just this terrible, I've seen the Lord do terrible, terrible things, well, it's the person's reverence was wrong. Well, maybe, maybe he did things wrong to you. Well, maybe your reverence is wrong. But if you will obey him and follow him and do rightly, you can experience great blessing. It depends on you. How are you with it? You see, don't get hung up on what the Lord did to Uzzah. I know a lot of people that are aware of this story, and they remember about, oh, yeah, I know about the the guy that tried to grab the ark, and God killed him for it, and that's why I'm scared of God, and I don't care about the gospel, and I, I just do my own thing. Well, wait a minute. Okay, so you know about Uzzah, but do you remember about Obed-Edom? Why is it? that people don't seem to remember Obed-Edom, but everybody knows about that guy that tried to grab the ark. Guys, remember Obed-Edom. Do not forget Obed-Edom. They're being missed out on the fact that God blessed him for his good stewardship. That's very important for us to remember. Don't forget Obed-Edom, okay? It all depends on your proper reverence. Now, 2 Samuel 6 and 12. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So, and I love this, so David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. Look at that. Turn around. 180. Okay, verse 13. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Okay, good. The, The juice is back on. David has gladness now. He's not mad at the Lord anymore. He maybe has a healthy sense of fear, but whatever the is going, he's got the proper reverence now. So David, he had been angrily withdrawn from the Lord. You ever done that? Oh, yeah, I get mad. You back off a little bit. He was so mad, he had to quit and go stew on it for a while. He had to get off to himself. It's like, just just calm down, simmer down a little bit. But here's the neat thing is when he heard that Obed-Edom was happy about having the ark of the Lord in their home, they were enjoying it. They were actually having a good time. We like having the ark here. It's doing us a lot of good. It got David to thinking, maybe I really messed up. 
Maybe I need to go to Obed-Edom and ask him, well, what are you doing? How is it you're getting blessing? And how? Because it worked the other way for me. What are you doing that I didn't? I'm sure David went and talked to them. I'm sure Obed-Edom had a discussion with him. And David realized, yeah, man, I did mess up, didn't I? And so David got to thinking, perhaps now it's time to bring the Ark of the Lord to Jerusalem because the kingdom, the whole kingdom, needs this blessing as well. David wanted to take a localized blessing that was only in one house and then amplify it out to the rest of the nation, and he needed to get it to Jerusalem to do that, but he had to do it right. If you're going to do a job, do it right, or don't do it at all. I think that's what's happening here. But So here's David. He messed up, and he saw somebody else getting blessed, and he's like, I want that, though. I want that blessing that you're getting. It's, it's kind of like what we saw with the king of Tyre when he saw how the Lord was blessing David, and so he wanted in on the blessing, too. So he sent the raw materials and the, the cedar and, and all the manpower to help David build a kingdom up. David's now in the same position that the king of Tyre was. He sees blessing in Obed-Edom's house, and he wants in on it. And he wants the same for Jerusalem. So now he realizes now is the time to bring the ark, but we got to do it right. David wanted to turn this blessing over the whole nation so that everybody could be blessed by the Lord as well. Now, it does not directly say it here in the text. But when you read between the lines, I'm not adding to Scripture, but you can see it here. It's obvious that David had reflected on his mistakes. He realized, now we need to do it, but do it right. So he had to correct his heart. Friend, you got to correct your heart when you mess up. David had to correct himself to have proper reverence to the Lord. His heart needed to be glad. That's a very important point right here. It says he had gladness. A lot of people... They're going on, they're trusting the Lord, I know the Lord's got this, but they're just not happy. What's wrong? You need to have gladness in the Lord. It's the Lord God Almighty who who loves his people. Have your gladness. Turn that gladness switch on. Be joyful in the Lord God. His heart was right now, and that's why the Lord had shut him down before, is because he was doing things wrong and he got angry. His, His attitude got off somewhere. Friend, I want you to understand that when the Lord puts the brakes on your life or throws a a wrench in your cogwheels and everything locks up, don't get mad at God. Stop and go, wait a minute, what, what did I do wrong? And review that. And I guarantee you, he'll show you so that you can get back on the right track again. Now, I want you to look at verse 13 here, how it says that there were those who were, quote, bearing the ark. They were bearing the ark. This means that the ark was not put back up on a cart. They didn't do it the way they did it before. There were actually people who were carrying it properly as they were supposed to. So from this, we can see the evidence. David's full circle, how he came back around. He started off doing things his own way, which is called iniquity when you do things your own way. But then he was shut down by God and he went into an anger spell. But he did repent of his iniquity. He repented of his sin and he turned around. He offered a sacrifice. You can tell he was repentant because he offered a sacrifice because he did things his own way. He did a sacrifice before they even took the ark away, obviously to cover for the sin of previously doing it the wrong way. And David went back. He turned around to operating in the Lord's way. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.